Hello, and welcome to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett, where we talk about all things financial, focusing on helping you plan, keep, and grow for a successful future. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And if you're tuning in again, welcome back and thank you for listening. We're excited to have you with us today. We'll be covering our financial planning process, which we call the CLIMB process. What is it and how it helps our clients achieve their financial goals. My name is Garrett Smith. We're excited to have you with us today. All right, today let's talk about our planning process. Uh, we call it the CLIMB process. Kind of goes along with Ascend Investment Partners. We like that idea. It helps keep us organized and gives us a framework to think through uh, each one of these steps. So today we're just kind of walk through each one of these uh, parts of it to uh, dive into it a little deeper in each in each one of them. So CLIMB is an acronym that stands for Characterize, Leverage, Implement, Monitor, and Benefit. Um, so with step one, anytime we work with a new client or current clients, it always starts here. It's kind of a s- circular effect, a cyclical effect. We go through each of these regularly. Um, the first one being characterize and, and clarify a person's goals and situations. Um, Paul, what do you, how do you kind of kick off the, the climb process when you're, when we're working with someone? Yeah, I think that the thing that's important for us as advisors to know is we have to just, um, there's actually a rule, it's called know your customer. And the, the better we know our customers, the, the, you know, the better that we can see their situation clearly. And then you know, essentially we just put ourselves in our client's shoes and say, okay, if I'm this person and this is the situation, what would I do? Uh, we've been doing this for a long time. We have a lot of experience and every situation is just a little bit different and have, has uh, unique, you know, things going on. And so that's why we just ask an awful lot of nosy questions about, you know, just really everything, even, even people's health and longevity and how long did your parents live and all those things kind of have a, an impact on, um, you know, kind of putting together the investment plan, so to speak. So just lots and lots of, uh, nosy questions. And through that process, we can, I think pretty well identify risk tolerance, um, you know, income needs, when the income's going to be needed, uh, attitude, attitudes towards risk and, and, uh, reward and loss and those kind of things. And it just, uh, that that's just probably the most important part of the process is just getting a really good understanding of what, uh, you know, what a client situation is. Yeah. I think it's a, a great way to, you know, you got to understand where somebody is and how they got to where they are. You know, we're all at different places in kind of our financial journey and, uh, wanting different outcomes and, being able to understand how somebody got to where they are currently kind of shed some light on, you know, future expectations and goals they may have. Um, it's easy to say, I want to take a lot of risk in the market, but if your past behavior has shown that that's difficult for you to do and, you know, you don't like the volatility, which is fine, then we've got to make other decisions. So I think sometimes a person's history and why we always ask those nosy questions reveals is some of their true preferences versus what, what they say. I think we're all that way. You know, we all want to say we're, you know, super risk takers or, or whatever it may be. And we want, you know, all the things right now. And, um, but, but past behavior, uh, I think is a real indication, uh, is, is a good indication of, of what may happen again in the future. And, and so c- combining that with understanding where a person wants to go, 
um, to line up with their goals can make the path uh, to get there so much better. And, and the only way to get there is a bunch of nosy questions. <laughs> right. I think we're all the same in that we, we all want uh, super high returns with no risk is kind of how we, <laughs> how we all land. So of course that's not available. So. So I think as we work through the, the characterization, clarification of, of what somebody wants, and I think kind of a little bit on that aspect of well is, is we all want to, you know, say we want a lot of money with no risk and, or those kind of things, but, but dialing down about, okay, what's the purpose of the money? What is it used for? Um, you know, because oftentimes people gen might not need as much as they think they need, you know, when you, when you run it, if the goal is to sell the house and travel the world in an RV, then, you know, that's, it's very different um, and, and may take a different dollar amount. And so I think getting really specific about what the uses of the money are and, and the goals that are driving towards that allow the planning to just get so much clearer and so much more direct that you can, you know, handle a future volatility in the market or personal situation because there's specific goals that you're looking to achieve. Well, I think uh, along those lines, time horizons just super important for people to really think clearly about um, because a time horizon, I mean, you think of somebody who's 80 years old and, you know, let's just say they have a, a lot of money. Let's say they have a million dollars and they're 80 years old and they, you know, pull 20 or 30,000 a year out of their portfolio and they just, that's all they need. That's all they want. They don't really have any desire. We look at that money a little bit differently than, than maybe you'd normally think when somebody's 80, you think, well, they should just, you know, not take any risk and just have it in cash and bonds and things like that. But we, we, we look at it generationally. So these 80 year olds have, you know, 60 year olds and 50 year olds and maybe 45 year old kids. And, and, you know, if, if that 80 year old is not going to use that money, then the time horizon all of a sudden expands significantly from just their life expectancy. And, um, we always tell people long-term money, uh, in the market is great. Short-term money in the market is, is terrible because we just don't know what's going to happen over the next, um, you know, two or three months or even year, but over a, a period of, you know, three years, five years, 10 years, it just seems to work out very, very favor favorably, at least ex historically. So, yeah, I think that's a great point of, of time horizon. Even, you know, even when you start looking past your own life, mm -hmm. there's other goals, legacies, you know, endowments that you're wanting to leave behind that, that changes, uh, that time horizon. And then going on to the second step, uh, we call it leverage, uh, because I think of it in Archimedes terms of uh, give me a lever long enough and a fulcrum at which to place it, and I'll move the world. Um, I think there's you know, leverage in the financial sense often gets think of, thought of as, as debt or, um, or taking on a loan. Uh, but in this case, we look at it as, as we take somebody's situation goals, and then we just apply all the expertise and, and leverage our experience as well as what we know about products that are in the market or um, things that are out there to be able to uh, put those uh, goals into place. Uh, because, you know, somebody can have the same goal for a similar dollar amount on the outcome, but needing different volatility or risk preferences in between. And so finding the right tools and to put into place is, is kind of how I think of that leverage experience of how can we get to where they want to go um, on, on a road that they'll be able to stick to on, on a path that they can stick to. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and in addition to that, we have, 
uh, you know, we just buy a lot of research. We, you know, we, we spend a lot of money on research from different sources. We have uh, strategic partnerships that we've developed over, you know, the last 20, 30 years and, and they have abundant resources. And so, you know, we just have uh, a lot more available to us. Uh, you know, our partners in, in our Ogden office, uh, they have a lot of experience. We have an investment committee. We, we talk about the markets and things that are working and things that we need to be worried about constantly. And, and that all uh, kind of folds into that uh, part of the climb process called leverage is just leveraging every, all the resources that are available to us to, to kind of uh, navigate financial markets and, and, and drill that down to people's personal situation for sure. And I think that goes back to, you know, it's not trying to find one product that fixes it for everybody. Right. You know, there's, there's an array of um, things to use from, you know, publicly invested in, in the stock market to, to annuities, to insurance products. You know, there's, there's just a laundry list of things to do. And, and, you know, we're not trying to get everybody to fall in the same bucket. It's, it's what are your goals and, and what are the tools and resources that we know are available that work and that we can pair those two together. Yeah, I agree with that. And then I think this next step, uh, implementation, is the most important one. It's easy to, you know, be pie in the sky and to have all these ideas and different things. But if you never actually put it into practice, it doesn't benefit your life. I think we've seen that in numerous times where, you know, somebody says, let me think about it. And then you talk to them a year or two later and nothing's changed. And, you know, you've got to put it into practice. And, and I, almost, I almost think this is a big aspect of what we help clients do of actually getting things into practice. Yeah. You know, implementation's so critical. All the, you know, all the talk and all the ideas in the world are not going to do anybody any good unless we, we kind of put things into place. And, um, you know, maybe one of the flaws we have, but I think it's a strength is we just don't, we're not going to put pressure on people to, you know, to, to, to do what we think they should do. I mean, we're, we're going to present things to them in a, in a way that hopefully they can understand what we're trying to do and accomplish. And, uh, but, but we're not hardcore salespeople. We're not, we're not going to be, um, you know, put, putting the screws to anybody. And, and, uh, it's, it's kind of a, a soft situation here and, and that's the way we want it to be. And we want people to feel comfortable. And, um, maybe sometimes that, um, you know, people are slow to, you know, initiate what we've asked them to do. And, and that's fine too, because everybody has to kind of make decisions with their own funds. But, um, but implementation, it's, you know, you're right. If it, if it doesn't happen, then none of the good from all the planning and all the knowledge can, can take place. So. Yeah. And I think it goes along the lines of, uh, as well of if you get the, the right plan in, in place, when the market gets bumping up and down, there's uh, Usually when the market's down is when you get the conversations of shouldn't we be doing something? Right. And it's, no, we did something a year, two years, five years ago to be ready for this moment. And and oftentimes when the market's off or there's some nervousness out there, it's stick to the plan. You know, we were, mm -hmm. this, was, this was part of it. And if you never get it put into place in the first place, then you have problems when those, when the challenging markets arrive. And, and so getting things in place is where the action happens so that when the rough times happen, there's really not much, there shouldn't be too much that you have to do. You know, there'll be tweaks and changes and, you know, when the market's down, you're always looking for good buys, but 
but that implementation is way ahead of the time and it's not reactionary. It's in, you know, it's in accordance to the plan. Right. Yep. And then, and then the uh, M stands for monitor. Um, ongoing, there's always things that are happening. You know, you, you, you make a plan, you go through all these goals, writing, get it into place, but, but life changes. Uh, I think, I think uh, financial plan is, is, can be thought of as outdated the minute you walk out the door because your life changes and, and you always kind of got to be tweaks and changes along the road. You know, we've all driven a car and you know where you're going, you know, on the road, but you're always keeping yourself within the lines. There's always fine tuned adjustments that you're, that you're always doing. And, and that's what I think of on the monitor aspect of it. There's changes in the markets so we can change portfolios. There's changes in your personal situation, whether it be around goals or family situations, uh, births, deaths, you know, life events happen and, and you need to always be keeping an eye on and making those fine tune adjustments to keep you the direction you want to go. Yeah. And that's why those uh, annual sit down reviews are really important. It, it basically just kind of um, starts the whole process over again and, and making sure that we're up to date on, uh, you know, just in anything that would affect your financial situation in your life and uh, make a, make adjustments as, as needed. And, and, you know, phone calls, we, we gather that kind of information also. It doesn't have, we don't have to wait till the annual review of some significant changes. Obviously, you know, we want a phone call and, and kind of get updated on uh, what the situation is. But, um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're constantly monitoring. I always tell people, you know, we're, we're your investment partner. That's why we wanted to to name our company Ascend Investment Partners because we invest our money the same way as our clients do. So I don't have to look at my portfolio every day to know what it's doing. And, and um, you know, anybody's portfolio that I look at, I'm, I'm kind of looking at everybody's at the same time because the investments are the same. And so that happens on a, on a daily basis. Also, the monitoring is we're just, we're keeping an eye on the markets and what's going on and changes in the news and, and uh, monitoring is certainly a big, you know, big, important part of the process. Yeah. And I think it kind of ties also back into the implementation phase of there's usually not one day where everything magically comes together and, you know, the whole plan's put in place and, you know, we're off and running. It's, there's usually stages, conversation, information that needs to be gathered that impacts different things. And that's part of the monitoring is there's usually kind of an ongoing process of putting things into place. And, you know, there's obviously estate planning questions, tax planning questions and, and, you know, we don't always have all the information right at the same time. And that monitoring allows us to make those tweaks and changes as well as continue to put things into practice that, that have been discussed and, and are working on. Um, and so it's not only monitoring of the, the portfolio, but also person's life events and situations. Sure. You bet. And then this is my favorite step, um, the benefit of the climb process. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean it ends here. Uh, because it is cyclical, uh, life changes. And so we work through all these stages, all these steps over and over, but sometimes we never stop and smell the roses. Um, you know, you do all this work, you, 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 you know, for somebody who's going into retirement, it's been a lifetime of savings and you finally get to this day where you retire and you take your first withdrawals from the portfolio and it's awesome. But you know, you're, that person's already caught up in the next things that they're working towards. And I think sometimes it's good to stop and say, Hey, look, 
you know, a lifetime of efforts just come together to make this moment possible. And it should be celebrated. You should look back and, you know, benefit. It's like climbing when you get to the top of the mountain. Yes, you still got to hike down or there may be another mountain to climb. But you got to stop and look around because that's why you've been working to get to where you are. Yeah, and I think uh, for for me too, I, I hope that the the benefit side of our process is that people end up with you know kind of peace of mind that hey we've you know we've done the heavy lifting we've, we're we're on track everything looks good. Um, Paul and Garrett have a a process in place that makes sense to us. It looks like our income's going to be okay, and I'm just going to let them worry about you know, making sure that this plan stays on track and we'll make adjustments as time goes on. And I, I think that's, you know, my goal is for people to just, you know, kind of just not worry about all this financial stuff. Um, you know, we still have to be aware and, and keep track of it and, and update things. But, uh, you know, the last thing I want to do in retirement when I get retired is is to, you know, make financial decisions all day, every day. That's just you know, I just don't want to, I just don't want to do that, uh, in retirement. I want to put together my plan and, and, and let somebody else worry about it when the time comes for sure. Yeah. That the benefit comes in a lot of different ways, you know, from, you know, physical things that you might have, or even the emotional benefits of, you know, being able to sleep well at night. Uh, I think if you're not sleeping well at night, we've missed something along the well, along the way. And uh, so to recognize uh, that peace of mind, I think, shows that the plan came into place and is working accordingly. Yeah. And also, I think it's important. Uh, I think this discussion has been important just so people understand that, that you know, we don't just do spur of the moment thinking. It's not like somebody walks in the door and we're just like, oh, well, what should we do, f- you know, for this person? There's, there's a process that we go through. It's very similar. Everybody's situation is a little different, but our process is is the same. We have to, we have to find out what, what we're doing and what's important. And, uh, hopefully that's a benefit to people that they know that, that, Hey, there is a, there is a strategic plan behind everything that's going on with my, uh, with my investments. So. Yeah. And that all this goes, you know, along in the, in the backgrounds, clients don't often see each one of these steps, but it kind of plays out in phone calls and reviews and conversations and over the course of the years. And, um, it's, I think, hopefully helpful for those listening to kind of see behind the behind the scenes of, of how we're thinking through each one of these these steps. Whether it's a new client or somebody that's we've been working with for, you know, twenty years, it's it's a similar process. It is it's based on each one of these steps of we've got to figure out where we're going, we've got to get it into practice, and uh, and then we've got to keep an eye on it, and that that just never ends. Yep, that's for sure. Well, anything else you wanted to touch on? Uh, no, I don't have any, any other words of wisdom today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us and we'll catch you next time. See ya. Thank you for tuning in and listening to your investment partners with Paul and Garrett. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also visit us at ascendinvestment.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter to keep you up to date. See you in the next episode. Kessler, Norman, and Ride, LLC, DBA, Ascend Investment Partners, is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where our firm and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Ascend Investment Partners unless a client service agreement is in place. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational 
purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice, performance data, or recommendations that any particular security, portfolio of securities, transaction, or investment strategy is suitable for any specific person. This program is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. All opinions contained in this podcast are subject to change at any time without notice. To determine which, if any, investments may be appropriate for you, please consult with your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this podcast is not guaranteed of future results. As always, please remember that all investing involves risk and possible loss.